peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good Thank you for joining me on this episode of The Thinkening. I always say quick thought, but my thoughts are never quick. I think in long form, my thoughts are like a Joe Rogan podcast. Have you ever stopped to think, how can a house that is divided stand? If you got two legs... And those two legs can't agree on how to stand, then how then can this structure, whatever structure it may be, stand? How is that possible? If you have two warring ideologies and no compromise, no way of compromise, no way of coming to some kind of resolution. How can this place, whatever that place may be, now stand? We are in a crisis. Not uh, not necessarily doom and gloom crisis. I'm, I'm not saying, oh, the sky is falling, it's all over. But nonetheless, we have a problem ahead of us. The country is almost evenly divided. But so what I want to do is I want to back up. I want to focus on something else. This is what I want to back up and focus on. What I want to back up and focus on is how did we get divided? How did we get to this point? What happened? What, what changed in the landscape of the country to, to push the hyper-partisanship? You've always had your different factions. You had this during World War II. Uh, before that, you had this during the Vietnam War. You had people who, who stood on one side of the aisle politically, people who stood on another side of the aisle politically, and these two factions didn't really see eye to eye at all, but it was never to the point where they were at each other's throat. I don't remember that. I never remember that being an issue. Um, I never remember a time where the partisanship and the divide was so great that there could not even be a discussion across the aisle. Never. Not in my lifetime. I'm going to quote this verse because I believe the truth in this verse is important. Again, this is not my Bible podcast. This is my, you know, 
random issues, political topics, social topics. This is my whatever podcast, which is why I call it the thinking. But the verse, very important, Matthew chapter 12, verse 25. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. That word desolation, let me get you the definition, is the act of desolating, destruction, or expulsion of inhabitants, destruction, ruin, waste, a place deprived of inhabitants or otherwise wasted, ravaged, and ruined. This is the one thing I know. I know that there's many figures at large, uh, political and state figures that understand that truth. What the Lord Jesus Christ said there is true. It is held true throughout time. That truth is unwavering. This is something that the Lord Jesus Christ proclaimed emphatically. It is true. A house and a kingdom divided will not stand. We have enemies. We have enemies, both foreign and domestic. It is foolish to think that our enemies foreign and our enemies domestic are not in concert with each other. I'm not saying I'm not proclaiming that there is definitely a grand conspiracy, but it should not shock any one of us if there is. Who benefits from the from a split in the United States? So when you when you view things going on in the world, you kind of got to be like a detective, right? You have to ask yourself who benefits the most if the United States falls into disarray, disrepair and desolation. Who benefits from that? Who benefits the most? When you couple all those groups together, whoever benefits, who benefits the most? Then you start seeing a group of people that would possibly want to see the United States divided. Then when you do that, you can start looking at the different things going on. So I remember when Google was working on this search engine for the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. Um, I can't remember the exact details, but somehow this this um, whatever Google is working on for the CCP was going to be very intrusive in aiding the CCP or furthering their control over what their people can do online. Allegedly, that program was canceled, but I, I'm not inclined to believe it is. I'm just being honest with you. All right, so you have one of the largest tech companies in the United States that was working with the CCP. Mind you, these are not our friends. I'm, I'm not talking about Chinese people. I'm talking about the CCP, the government. These are not our friends. I'm not saying that we're at odds necessarily. Like we're not necessarily uh, um, at the tense point of fighting, even though it could be getting to that point. I don't know. I, I don't know the inner workings of governments and what's going on behind the scenes. But one thing I know is 
at best, they're frenemies at best. And I don't even think that's true. I think they're just outright enemies. They are our competition. Now, not enemies in the sense that mm, I say, if you go back to uh, pre-Cold War era, not enemies in that sense. We're not we're not at the I do not think we're at the at the a precipice of a war right out the gate. War is always possible. If you're naive enough to believe that countries are not always at the point where a war could be possible, I think you are you are delusional and you're kidding yourself. War is always a possibility. You've got to be honest about reality and about what's going on. So who benefits the most from this? Why is it? that a company based in the United States of America would ever, would ever in any way work with a government that is hostile to our own government. Does nobody finds that strange? The beauty about living in the United States of America is that you could even do something like that. Do you think for one second China would allow one of their biggest, if not the biggest tech company, one of the biggest in their country to work with the U.S. government? The only way they would do it is for is to allow spies somehow into the U.S. That's the only way they would do it. And, and it wouldn't be to the to the interests of the United States at a detriment to themselves. So it, it would be some it would be different if, let's say, China allowed a company, one of their greatest tech companies to work with the United States, but they still were carrying water for the CCP. All right. That would make sense. They're trying to infiltrate our country. But let's take that same that, that same company and let's allow that company to be adverse to Xi Jinping. Do you think that company would stand if they stood in a way? of Xi Jinping, you, you're kidding yourself. You're kidding yourself if you think that's the case. We have a company in Google that was working with the CCP. Again, I'm just, I am saying what actually happened. And Google itself as a company is adverse to the sitting U.S. president. Does no one else find this strange? Why is it that the media did not at all, not, they were completely silent on the story with the Hunter Biden laptop. This is not a conspiracy. This is not something that someone made up in their garage. Actual events, actual happen, his laptop, definite, uncontrovertible proof that Joe Biden's son had ties to people in high positions in China. People with ties to the CCP. This is this is not a conspiracy theory. Are you hearing me? And again, I've already given you what I think about conspiracy theories. They are things. I do not view that as some kind of curse word. But these are not conspiracy theories. These are facts that I'm telling you. From what I hear, I have not looked into it myself, so I cannot I cannot speak uh, with authority toward this regard. I've only heard other 
uh, news commentators mention it. Apparently, Hunter Biden is under criminal investigation. Um, and from what I understand, the details of the criminal investigation are that he it was um, some kind of tax fraud, I want to say, or money laundering or something like that. All because of his dealings with China. The details of his dealings with China have his father, Joe Biden, attached. I know the media doesn't cover this and I know they won't talk about it. These are not conspiracy theories. You can go look this up. These are facts. This is not a joke. This is not me selling some parlor room, underground, backwoods, barbershop talk theory. These are facts. It's not a joke. This is the alleged president-elect. The country is divided right now. Almost evenly divided. Who do you think benefits from that? Some years ago, the sitting president of the United States of America, Donald Trump, said something about the media. He said the media is the enemy of the people. Are they? I submit that they are. This is why I submit that they are. I have no problem with the media going hard on Trump, holding him accountable, looking into everything, questioning everything. No problem with that at all. It's the beauty of a free country. I don't want any leader who's above question. I don't want any politician, any president, any senator, congressman, uh, uh, local, local positions. I don't care what it is. I don't want any politician that is above scrutiny by the media. I applaud the media for that. My problem is why isn't that same thing applied in the other direction? Again, they, they kudos to them for going hard and looking into everything they can possibly look into with president Trump with a fine tooth comb. Kudos. That's what you should do. Why wasn't that same thing done as Biden was campaigning and running for president? Why was the situation about his son's Hunter Biden's laptop covered up? Why were people censored if they even mentioned or talked about that? Why were stories suppressed? When Donald Trump called the media the enemy of the people, 100% correct. Here's why I say he's 100% correct. And this is not, I try my best to be as reasonable as I possibly can. And I believe I'm being reasonable. I believe I'm being reasonable when I say for a media conglomerate to withhold a story or suppress a story that is a factual story that could show that a person running for president of the United States has ties to a government that is adverse to our government, that's a problem. For the media to suppress that is not in my best interest. There's people, I've, I've heard stories, this is anecdotal, and I will admit that. I'm, I'm not saying that, that this means that this is a large sentiment, but I've read several stories of people who voted for Joe Biden. And when they found out certain things, they said, if I would have known that 
I would not have voted for that man. Why do you think the media suppressed all this information? I'm not, I am not saying what I'm not saying is I have 100% proof that this is going on and that's going on and that's going on. I'm saying who benefits from division when we can trace that down and we look at who's fostering the division. Now we got to start finding the connections. Like why are these things going on? This is not about a candidate. This is not about your candidate versus the other people's candidate. This is about the United States of America, United States of America, a house divided will not stand. Look, we won't escape. We won't escape that truth. I'll read the verse again. And Jesus knew their thoughts, Matthew 12, 25, and said unto them, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. How many married copy? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm skipping, mixing over my words here. How many married couples do you know that were divided on everything that are still married now? How many companies do you know about where there were two leading figures that were at odds that were able to stand with those two leading figures still at the helm? Go back in history. How many divided countries were able to stand? It is, I'll be honest with you, when you look at the Civil War for all intents and purposes, it is a miracle that we made it through that. But the only way we made it through that is at some point we had to unite. If we would have remained divided, that divided house wouldn't stand. I don't know what happens in the future. And again, I'm not doom and gloom. I'm actually optimistic. I, I think I think things are normally pretty bad before they get better. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. That doesn't mean I'm naive. That doesn't mean that I don't think things can get worse, but I'm not doom and gloom. That's just not me. Never been, never been my MO. Not that I haven't been down about certain things, but look, I'm just, I, I, I like to look at the world with the lens that I understand what the Bible teaches. And I understand that things will come to an end. I don't know when that day comes. I am not a prophet. So the fact that I'm not a prophet, I have two options. I can pretend that I know exactly when things are going to come to an end, which would make me a prophet. And I just said, I am not. Or I can say to myself, all right, God, I have no idea when this thing is going to happen, but I know you are faithful and just in whatever you do. I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm going to pray and I'm going to believe that it's a possibility for things to get better. It's always a possibility. But who's behind all this? This is something that we the people really need to know. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.